Were you blessed? Sometimes I have to remind myself. Sometimes these are the words of different poets that I have to read and go back to and say, Lord, you're right. This is what you said about me. And the Lord will bring those words back to my remembrance. He's amazing like that. Just to remind you of who you are. So look at somebody again and tell them the best is yet to come. All right, now look at somebody else and say, the best is yet to come. All right, now. Do you believe it today? All right. Because it's true. So let's just really open up with a quick word of prayer, and then I'm going to move you into Haggai chapter 2. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, this day. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord God, that you have given to me to bring your word, oh God, to your people, Lord God. Father, I do feel like a guest coming in, Lord, the heralding the word that you have for this house. And so, Lord, I thank you today, Lord God, and I pray that even as the words, oh God, would reach their ears, Lord, that it would go into their hearts, oh God, that they would ponder it, Lord, even as they would leave, oh God, they would ponder it, Lord God, as they're driving, they would ponder it as they're in their classes, they would ponder it, Lord God, as they go, Lord God, in and out, Lord God, from one destination to another, Lord God, remembering what you have stated, Lord God, remembering what you have promised, oh God, remembering, oh God, what thus saith the Lord, so that they would not waver, so that they would not fret, but that they would rest in you and what you have spoken. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's turn to Haggai chapter 2. That's the Old Testament. If you go into the New Testament, we'll be here all day looking for it. <laughs> and it's chapter 2. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. When you find it, just say, blessed. All right. I'm actually reading from the NIV, which is the New International Version. So if yours read a little differently, that's the reason why. So here begins the reading of God's word. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shethiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of Zodak, Zodak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people. Ask them, who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? But now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of uh, Josedek. The high priest, I had to take my time on that one. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you. Do not, do not, and I repeat again, do not fear. These are the words that were spoken by Haggai. And it was very interesting because just for him to open up this chapter in that way and talk about rebuilding of the temple it made me begin to wonder, Lord, you, you're telling us that the best is yet to come. So what is it that you're saying? And basically what the Lord downloaded in my spirit was, there are three things that you do not want to forget. Three things. The first one, God said, don't forget your purpose. Tell somebody, don't forget why you're here. If you get your purpose, then everything else goes off kilter. Your priorities, your core values gets all mixed up. And so as a result, you end up doing things frivolously. You're wasting, and you end up wasting a lot of time, energy, resources, your talent, and you look back and say, what have I done? Only to find that it was all worth nothing. And so today, I come to tell you to set your priorities in order. 
and you set them in order by putting God first. And that's what Haggai actually came to remind the Israelites of. Go back to your foundation. Why did God send you here? And the only thing that can come back to their remembrance was to build a temple for him. That's why God sent us here. And so as a result, they had been working and toiling in their own homes, in their own careers, and they had already forgotten their purpose. And so God challenged them to set a foundation that just wasn't any old foundation, but a spiritual one. By calling them back to rebuild the temple. See, when Zerubbabel was sent on this assignment, the first thing that he had to build was the temple. And I said, God, why the temple? Why couldn't they just build the government buildings? Why, why couldn't they just begin just setting up shops and, and begin to sell goods? And one thing that the Lord revealed to me was, if they had done so, then their priorities would have been out of whack, just like they were now. He said, but if they put me in the core of everything and build around the temple, which represents my presence, then everything else would be placed in order. And so today I'm asking you, what are your priorities? Have you placed God first in your spiritual life? In your time, are you taking time out to spend with him in prayer? Are you spending time in the word of God? Are you spending time building up yourself spiritually, doing those things that you need to do during your leisure time? If not, get your priorities in order. A lot of times we say, you know what, my core value is this and my core value is that. But to be honest with you, a lot of us have a lot of professed core values that are not practiced. And God actually had, and I tell you, I put myself on the table. God had to challenge me. He said, I've heard a family is so important to you. Why are you at your job at 7 o'clock at night? Your husband's calling you like about 10 times. <laughs> and so God had to challenge me. And I said, you know what? I got to get myself together here. And I began to go back to God and say, Lord, I need strategy. If you put me here, then you need to show me. You need to show me how to put my schedule in order so I can use my time more productively and still have energy to go home and enjoy those whom I love. That was the cry of my heart. There came one point when I felt as if I didn't have a Sabbath anymore. My Saturday was all taken up. And God says, no more until 6 o'clock. After 6, you can do whatever you want. I said, but until 6 o'clock, you're doing those things that's going to actually build you up spiritually. You're going to get the flex time. So if you guess what? If you want to go to the movies, you're off the clock. Go see a movie. So you don't feel like you're bogged down working so much that you have no life. And so the very thing that you're working for all of a sudden disappears because it's a hologram. And the people who you love and who love you are waiting for you to embrace them. Waiting for you to spend a quality time with them. Because it's your presence that's the real present for them. But it can be anything. It doesn't just have to be your job. Sometimes, guess what? We're spending our time doing other things other than what we're supposed to be doing. You could put whatever it is in a blank. 
whatever is consuming your time that doesn't need to be consuming your time. Television. Come on now. We all hung up. Oh, what's it? Oh, 7 o'clock, girl! And we shut everything down just for our television show. But when God wakes us up in the morning to pray, I'm too tired. Mm-mm, Lord, not now. It's too early. It's too early. Go to Bible study. But, Lord, I got work to do for the job. I got work. I got work. I got work. Come on now. We find everything else to do under the sun. Then we say, but I love God. And God says, but you're not showing me that. One thing I tell my students, I said, you know what? Don't tell me that you get it. Show me you get it. Because we say a whole lot of stuff. But really and truly, we don't mean it. So today I challenge you. Set a spiritual foundation and build around it. Put God in the center and guess what? Everything else will be taken care of. Let me tell you, I have, I've never sent such peace like I have as of lately because I did to trust God. Did. When I say did, I mean did like, Lord, if you don't get me out of this, then I'm throwing in the towel and uh, we're going to have a whole nother conversation. Sometimes, you know what, you have to go before God and, and just, just be real because he already knows. So you might as well tell him how you feel. Be respectful, but you might as well tell him how you feel because he knows anyway. So who are you really fooling? Nobody. Everything should come out of our relationship with God. When you have a tight relationship with God, guess what? Your purpose is born. You know the work that he has created for you to do. And what starts happening is you end up bumping into the opportunities. Because you're walking with him. And before you know, you're like, man, what else can I get my hands on? Because you love him so much, nobody has to tell you what to do. Because you're so in love with God. You're so madly in love that you're tripping. What? Can I help you with this? And, you know, that's how we need to be with God. Listen, I had, I had an experience with the Lord this week. I said, Lord, I need to feel you more in the classroom. I said, because this is deep. I was talking to a student. And I was actually reprimanding the kid. And I felt the Holy Spirit. And I said, whoo, you're here. I said, now, what have I been doing all this time? All of a sudden, you're showing up. And I can feel your tangible presence. I said, hold it. I was doing something wrong before. I was missing something. And sometimes we have to ask ourselves, what were we missing? You know what I was missing? Obedience. He was waking me up. And you know what I do? <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> Snooze. Come on, y'all. Y'all know, y'all, y'all laughing because y'all know what I'm talking about. Then I get up, then now I'm rushing now. So I'm real, I'm rushing. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Yes, Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, you're going to work it out. I thank you. You know, now the Lord is like, I really wanted to wine you and dine you. I wanted to really have breakfast with you. But now you got to run out the door with the breakfast in your hand. Come on, come on, come on. Now we're like, Lord, run with me. I got to catch the bus. The train is coming. Lord, I'm trying to get to work on time. He said, but I'll walk you up so you can be on time. And I don't want to be on time, but give you strategy for the day so when you walk home, you're still chipper. How you doing, honey? Man, you got a lot of energy today. Yes. The Lord is faithful. But a lot of times we don't we, we we think God is taking things away from us. But really what he's doing is he's liberating us and he's giving us more freedom than we can even imagine. 
But yet we look at it as a chore. I gotta get up. Huh? Huh? So now, when, when he let trouble hit, now we're like, oh God, I can't take it, Lord. Lord why my voice getting on my nerves? Lord, I don't understand. He said, well, I was waking you up. I was trying to get you there on time, but, but you wasn't listening. You decided to do it your way. You had a mindset that, oh, but, Lord, I ain't getting up that time. It's kind of early. Come on now, it's that mindset. God is trying to change our mindsets during this hour. Change our negative thinking so that we can begin to think the way that he thinks so that we can accomplish what he has called us to do. But we have to change the way that we think and trust him. He said, can you see it? Can you perceive it? I'm doing a new thing. But how can he do a new thing if you're still holding on to the old? I'm used to getting up at 630. <laughs> Lord, I don't know. <laughs> Five o'clock. <laughs> Three o'clock in the morning. I don't know. It's kind of early, Lord. Why are my eyes popping wide open? Pray. Seek my face. There's some things coming up, but I want to prepare you for it because the enemy is sending an attack. But now I'm trying, I'm trying to help you out that you can block it. But you got to get up and get strategy and get armed for the battle. But if you don't get up and get armed, guess what? The battles will come and it's going to find you unprepared. You're not going to be ready. So God says, get up. Set your priorities in order. Whatever your core values are, you'll stick to them. Don't let anything shake you. Don't let it shake you. If you let it shake you, everything else is going to be shaken. God is trying to keep our feet on the ground when the wind comes. But we must set everything in order in every area of our lives. Financially. Spiritually, socially, some of us have some deficits emotionally. God is trying to set us in order. He says, get with me and I'll, I'll get you the company you need. I'll put the people around you who ain't going to gossip about you, but going to really pray for you. Who's going to really give you the wisdom when you're going through your situation. Stop trying to seek the friends. Stop trying to seek the approval. God says, I approved you. What more do you need? I called you. What more do you want? You are chosen. You are special. You're the apple of my eye. Who else do you need to speak into your life? I am the author and the finisher of your faith. Give me the praise that's due me. Come on now. We don't give him what's due him anymore. We wait for men to tickle our heads. With their, oh, I love the way you just, oh, girl, brother, you're the man. And God is like, I told you that already. It ain't new. Why you got to hear it now? Have you ever said something to your spouse? And then somebody has come around and say to them, and then all of a sudden the light bulb go off. And you look at them like you're stupid. Like, you're all right. Mm -hmm. I'm just glad you got the revelation, but I'm going to be silent right now. Hello. And that's what God does. He, He waits. He waits. And he will allow circumstances to happen so that you can set yourself up and get back in his presence. Guess what was happening to Israel? Their resources started drying up. God says, because you're going to give me the praise. I brought you here, and guess what? You're going to do what I told you to do. So let's see. Mano on mano, let's see. You stubborn, I'm more stubborn than you are. You better get your act together. And God gets in our face like that. And guess what? Our pockets start drying up. Why? Because we're our own devourer. We start devouring our own seed. The stuff that we should be sowing into other people's lives. All of a sudden, we start using it on us because we become a selfish people when we don't get in the presence of God because it's our old nature. The old nature wants to please itself. 
the reality. That's it. But God says, but if you look up, and if you begin to worship, and you begin to do as I tell you to do, everything else will fall in line. I dare you to trust him today. Let everything fall in line. Set your priorities. Don't forget your purpose. The second thing the Lord told me to tell you today is don't forget the promise. He said a lot of us, you know, we hear it in the beginning, you know, we're excited about the promise. And guess what? The people of Israel were too. They're excited about the building of the temple. Are you kidding me? They went out. They got resources. I mean, everything. In the beginning, everything was good. It was great. The rumor bell was like, yeah, y'all, come on. We're doing this. Where's the brick? Come on. He had his blueprint out. Yes, those are the good. He had a good old time. They celebrated. They worshiped God as they were building a foundation. Yes, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. Yes, we see it. But then guess what? (laughs) The enemy had a plan. (laughs) And not only did the enemy have a plan, but there were some old mindsets in the camp. See, there's some people who saw some things. You know, they know you from way back when. And then now they really think that you, they know you because they saw you back then. So they try to size you up now. Yeah, I remember when you used to, but guess what? I ain't no more. So what? All right, so, so, so is that the end of our conversation? I guess it is. All things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. Guess what? The temple was being built and it was wonderful. But unbelief, unbelief is one weapon the enemy would use against you. And it's not his unbelief, it's your own unbelief. There were people who saw Solomon's temple. That's really what they were rebuilding, you know. Solomon's temple. That was destroyed years before. It was about 66 years before that, that it was destroyed. And so now they were rebuilding it. And so the older generation who actually saw the tabernacle was just like, that was beautiful. Only if you could have seen it. Oh, my God. Have you ever had somebody who just talked about somebody over and over? Oh, girl, he was the best. He was, like, the cutest. Oh, my gosh. I mean, like, his hair was, like, slicked back like this. And, like, when he smiled, it was like, Colgate. That was so white, girl. Oh, my heart used to beat so fast. Oh, woo, Johnny. Johnny done turned old and gray and everything else, and they're still talking about Johnny. And it was like that with the people of Israel. They, they dwelled so much on the old that they couldn't even see where they were going. They were blinded by the past. Don't be blinded by the past, the past glories and the past pains. Sometimes we don't want to walk into what God has for us because we say, but God, I've been hurt. But God, but God, I failed. But God, it was so wonderful back then. God says, but I could do it again now. So what are you going to do? Are you going to keep dwelling on the past and sit there and then start fretting and start complaining because you ain't doing it no more? Or because it ain't happening no more? Or are you going to look to me with the future and begin to declare and begin to absorb it and begin to perceive it and begin to get pregnant with it and then finally birth it? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? We can't sink in in the past anymore. God says, pick your feet up because it's going to become like quicksand to you. Pick your feet up and get moving. You got to start moving forward. Got to start moving towards that destiny and that purpose that God has put in your heart. Pick that blueprint back up. What did God say in the beginning when you first started this thing? What did he say? And those people who won't believe, let them go. Let them go. Old mindsets that don't want to change, let them go. They're dead weight. And everybody.
will sink with them. All you need is one bad apple to spoil the whole bunch. That's why when they walked around the walls of Jericho, he said, say nothing. Seven days. Can you imagine people walking and you can't say nothing? Guess what? I think they really wanted to curse him out. I'm going to be honest with you. I think there were some things that was going through their minds. <laughs> the, Lord was, the Lord was strategic saying, don't say nothing. Seven days. Have you ever been on a fast? Everything start irritating you? Mm. Uh, why are you in my space? Can you just move over there? Like what? What do you want? Why is she calling me? Yes. How can I help you? And it was like that. Because you know what? During those seven days, there had to be moments when they got tired. But God said, this is the discipline that we must learn. Sometimes you've got to be silent. Because we can speak against our own destinies. We can speak curses over what God's trying to do. And not even know it. Guess what? And I'm going to share this with y'all. You know? And people used to be like, oh, yeah, girl, you can have twins. Yeah, y'all did a lot to me. Uh-huh, them babies are coming. And I used to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And God said, stop. He said, you're cursing your womb. He said, you're cursing it and you don't even notice it. You're devouring your own seed. The enemy doesn't even have to do that. You're doing it yourself. God said, I've called your womb to open. But you must make sure that you don't speak against it. So when the time comes, it's ready for the birthing. And a lot of times, a lot of us, we do that with God. Who, me? (laughs) No, 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 no. didn't see me. <laughs> Preach. I don't, I don't know about that. You may not know, but God does. You know what? Let me tell you. I said, God, I don't know. <laughs> One thing I tell you, I said, I'm not a person of many words. I'm really not. I'm on the phone. I hang up real fast. I really do. (laughs) And so when God puts me in front of people, I say, God, now you got to give me the words because I don't know what to say. Now to y'all, y'all be like, Pastor, stop playing. You lying, right? You lying, Pastor. But it's true. I felt like Moses and even Jeremiah. I felt like Jeremiah. Lord, I can't speak. You know, you hear these people, you know, who have these words, these eloquent words. You know, Sister April got the words now. Let me tell you, this girl right here, God has anointed her. This is a walking dictionary. Yeah. I'm, look, she comes with some profound stuff, and the stuff you're rhyming. It sounds good. She in worship. Listen, I remember Brother Lynch. Brother Lynch was a guitar, uh, guitar player uh, a little while ago, and uh, he went on to uh, law school. But he, he, he medical school, sorry. And he looked at her and be like, where did you get this stuff? You know, but the thing is, a lot of times we compare ourselves with people. And God is saying, I didn't call you to compare yourself. I just called you to do the work that I assigned you to do. But we disqualify our own selves. We start saying, but I don't have this, and I don't have that. And we look, look, we're crossing out stuff on our own resume. I don't know about that. And I don't know. And God is saying, but you can, and you can, and you can, and you can. So why are you exiting out the boxes? Stop disqualifying yourself. Take a stand. Stand for what God has put inside of you. Stand for the very thing that irks you on the inside that God is telling you to do something about. If you're called to be a revolutionary, guess what? Be revolutionary. He called you to bring forth change. Bring forth change. Why are you holding back? The sick is, the, the ships are sinking, and they're waiting for people to come and to rescue them. 
But what? I don't know if I could do that. What? Girl, get yourself out there and grab somebody and tell them, come on. They don't care. They just know that they need to be rescued. That's all they know. So stop thinking that you're inadequate. You're not. And guess what? Even if you are, God will make you adequate. Because guess what? We all fall short of the glory of God. We all do. Even the most knowledgeable person. Guess what? They have a degree of knowledge. There's still many degrees that they don't have. So why are we putting them on this pedestal and thinking that we're less than? I'll just sit right here. No, no, Pastor. No, I'm getting on somebody right now. No, Pastor. I love you. (laughs) But you know what? We hide. But God says the gift is so powerful on the inside of you. I want to display its splendor, but I need a vessel. I need a vessel who's going to be able to say, God, whatever, not my will, but thy will be done. And when you allow the Holy Spirit to come in and explode on the inside of you, then lives will be changed and transformed because it's not you who's doing it, but it's God. So don't belittle what God has put inside of you. Get rid of unbelief. That's why bosses, when they come into organizations that were already established, they start firing folk because they know, they know the old way. We ain't never did this before. But guess what? But you're going to do something new. Do you want to be here? Okay, because there's somebody else who's waiting to take your position. Always somebody there to take your position. So make sure that we don't get caught with unbelief. And when you do have unbelief, say, Lord, help thou my unbelief. And God will help you through it. He's that merciful. He's that loving because he understands how we are made. We are dust. So talk to him. Let him know how you feel. God, I'm tired. Guess what? I renew your strength. Just wait on me. Just get in my presence and sit. Sometimes I just have to do that. Sometimes I just have to put on some music and just sit down and just let it play. I call it soaking. Just let it play. Because sometimes I don't even realize that I'm almost on E. I just know that emotionally I'm starting to get irritable. And I just know I really don't want to do that. You know, and then you start snapping at people. You know what I'm saying? That's when you know you just need to go in the secret place. Just give me a minute. Just five minutes. Hallelujah. Sometimes you can't even pray. You just need to sit. Get your headphones. Stick them in your ears and just sit. Thank you, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. You are great. You got to remind yourself of his greatness. How great is our God? Ah, yes, how great is our God. God, yes, and all will see. Sometimes that all includes you. (laughs) And all will see how great. Because you're so tired of waiting. But God, you need his strength to keep waiting so that he can display his power. Hallelujah, in whatever situation you may be facing. And you just have, how great. Yes, Lord. How great is our God. Sometimes the tears just start rolling. Let them roll. That's your healing. That's your breakthrough. And God is getting to you, the root of it. God is getting to your heart. He's purging you of the stuff that's trying to clog you up. And that's what unbelief will do. It will clog you up. But God said, if you could only perceive it, behold, I do a new thing. If you perceive it, then you can believe it, and then you can receive it. That's God. That's God. Make sure that as you are remembering God's promise for your life, that you watch out also for division. Division. God, let me tell you, the enemy, this this comes outwardly now. So first we talk about the inward, the inward enemy, but we're going to talk about the outward enemy. When the enemy sees that you're making strides towards your destiny, when he sees that you're being successful, 
at what you're doing. He will throw blockades like stones. And guess what happened? As they were building, people from the outside were like, hold it. They're getting kind of far. And it started irritating them. These people don't came up in our place. Hold on. They're actually setting up shop. What? Uh-uh. We can't let this happen. So you know what they started doing? They started to infiltrate the camp. Watch out. Everybody who say they for you ain't for you. We'll help you build. Can we come alongside you? But the eyes of the leaders know. And it says, Jerubbabel, and the heads of the household said no. Husbands, God has given them an eye. And we have to trust them. When God says no. And so when they said that, they were like, all right. But the people were like, come on, we need the help. Guess what happened? They were divided. Leadership said one thing, but the people were saying another. So what did the enemy do? (laughs) We're going to infiltrate. And the enemy bobs and he weaves. Bobs and he weaves. And he comes on in and he starts speaking stuff. You, you see what they just said? Now, you know that was wrong, right? Come on now. You know you're not for this. Come on. We already have, look, there are about 10 churches on this block. Why there got to be another one? And so as a result, the people started giving in. They bribed them. That's what they did. The outsiders bribed them. And so as a result, what ended up happening was (laughs) fear started to set in. Because the leaders can't build by themselves. They need the people. And so because the division was so great, now they stopped building. Because by infiltrating, they were able to now set up political barriers. And say, "Uh uh-uh, you you can't build here. No, uh, look at the law. Look at the law. The law says that you can't do X, Y, and Z. You can't build here. Does that sound like any church in here? Sound like the gathering to me. I felt like I was reading about us. Check it out for yourselves in Ezra chapter 4, verse 1 to 5. It says, when the enemies of Judah... And Benjamin heard that the exiles were building a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel. They came to Zerubbabel and to the heads of the families and said, I'm reading from the NIV now, let us help you build. Because like you, we seek your God. And have been sacrificing to him since the time of Esarhaddon, king of Assyria, who brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the rest of the heads of families of Israel answered, You have no part with us in building a temple to our God. We alone will build it for the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, commanded us. Then the peoples around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. Guess what? Division brings discouragement, which brings fear. Wow. Division, discouragement, then fear. Strategy of the enemy. And I've seen it in my life. Where there was unbelief. He thought, mm-hmm, you sure you want to? Mm-hmm. And then I start getting discouraged because now maybe it ain't working. All right, Lord, I don't know. I don't know. And then after a while, maybe I just need to sit down. It ain't going to happen anyway. Maybe we just need to take a seat. And so verse 5 says, they bribed officials to work against them and to frustrate. To do what? The plans 
their plans during the entire reign of Cyrus, king of Persia, and down to the reign of Darius, king of Persia. How long could that have been? That period of discouragement. Guess what? Sixteen years passed, and the temple still wasn't built. That's how powerful that weapon of discouragement is. The enemy could discourage you and grip you with fear. He'll stop you from building. Because he's got you on lockdown. So guess what you have to do, Zerubbabel? Guess what you have to do, Joshua? Guess what you have to do, people of Israel? You have got to encourage yourself. You have got to find your source of strength. And that's where the spiritual foundation comes in. Guess what? The mistake Zerubbabel made was he stopped encouraging the people in concerns to the project. Pastor, we can't stop building. I come to you as Haggai and say we can't stop building. Be encouraged and keep moving. Keep building. No matter what the codes are, no matter what the blockades are, you keep building and keep encouraging us to build with you. I speak that word to this house today in the name of Jesus. Because when you are encouraged, that means that your faith is rising. That means that God is able to display his splendor like never before. And that's why God sent Haggai. To say, get up. What are you doing? Why are you wallowing in self-pity? Don't you know who you are? Don't you remember whose you are and why you are placed here? This work that you're doing is frivolous. You've gotten distracted. You are on a detour. Get back on track. Haggai actually says, and these are the words of Haggai, in Haggai chapter, um, chapter 4, verse 3 through 10. Actually, chapter 2, verse 3 through 10. And I'm reading from uh, the message version, and it says, um, Haggai actually says to the governor, because Zerubbabel was the governor during that time. And he said this to Zerubbabel and to the, the priest, Joshua, and to all the people. He says, is there anyone here? Who saw the temple the way it used to be? All glorious? And what do you see now? Not much, right? In other words, it ain't finished. We just see the foundation, but it's not done. So guess what he said next? He said, if you ain't see much, why are you sitting around? What you doing? Get to work. He said, get to work. Get to work, Zerubbabel. God is speaking. Get to work, Joshua, the high priest. Get to work, all you people. God is speaking. Yes, he said. I said, get to work. There's a work to be done. Why are you sitting down? Why are you beating yourself up? Get up. God is with you. Do it. Get back on track. He's with you. And then he says, put into action the word I covenanted with you. A lot of us have the promise, but we're not putting it into action. And so we're sitting defeated, wallowing like we can't do anything else, like a dog with a tail between our legs. And God is like, get up. Get moving. Put into action the, the word I covenanted with you. In other words, try me. Try me, says God, and see if I won't do it. He said, I covenanted with you when you left Egypt. I'm living and breathing among you right now. Don't be timid. Don't hold back. Tell somebody, be bold and be strong. Be bold and be strong. For the Lord thy God 
is with thee. Guess what? In the shower this morning, all right, well, it wasn't this morning. It was actually yesterday morning. But don't ask me if the shower's on or off, okay? That's personal. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I began to sing, How Great Is Our God. And um, as I was singing, How Great Is Our God, all of a sudden, the words came forth from that melody. Be bold and be strong, for the Lord thy God is with thee. Be bold and be strong, for the Lord thy God is with thee. Be bold, be bold and be strong. Can we try singing that? Be bold and be strong, for the Lord thy God is with thee. Be bold and be strong, for the Lord thy God is with thee. Be bold, be bold and be strong. Can I get this side to say be bold and the other side to say be strong? Are you ready? Y'all got to tell them no. All right, y'all ready? And then y'all got to, okay, so y'all going to tell them be bold and y'all going to tell them be strong. And then we all going to sing, for the Lord thy God is with thee. Are y'all ready? All right, let's try this. One, two, three. nobody else to encourage you. You better get up in that mirror and say, girl, you fabulous. Brother, you got it going on. God is with me. I can do this. We can do this. And get somebody to agree with you. We got to hold each other accountable, y'all. Because let me tell you, when the enemy throws discouragement, that thing, it will knock you off your feet. And you got to grab hold of somebody and say, it's real. It's real. And if you don't grab somebody, guess what? Thank God he's so wonderful. He'll grab you. (laughs) He will. And he knew he had to grab Zerubbabel because there was too much at stake. God was not going to let this flop because there was too much at stake. There was a whole nation that was looking to God for this rebuilding of the temple. And God says, I'm not going to let them down. Uh Uh-uh, I can't let this go because this was going to affect generations later. What you're doing is not just not for you. It's going to affect generations later. That's why God is saying be bold and be strong because there's some people who's waiting on you and you're their deliverer. But you don't even realize that your presence is delivering them. Peter was just walking. He was... Do you understand? Sometimes your presence is heal people. You walk into a room and all of a sudden they, they were having a bad day and all of a sudden they start smiling because of you. Guess why? Because the presence of God on your life is an encouragement to them. And they needed that. Sometimes you'll be like, girl, come on now. We can do this. Get up. Get up. Sometimes all people need just just somebody to listen and somebody to talk to. You know what I'm saying? We just have to come out of our houses and start talking to folk. When you come out of your house and you start talking to folk, you realize how people are lonely, depressed, frustrated, and facing hardships. Some of them on the verge of suicide. And so all they need is just somebody to stand up and say, hey, man, it's going to be all right. I'm here. If you need me, let me know. Give me a call. Sometimes that's all they need. They don't need to do nothing else. They don't need no money from you. All they need is an ear. And you have no idea how many lives you've already saved. By talking to somebody on a bus or a train, you have no idea. By sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with them, you have no idea. Only heaven knows. 
So you be bold today. You be strong. Know that God is with you. Don't let me tell you something. God's gonna provide the resources that you need. So don't don't let me tell you. Not only do I not want you to forget, don't forget. The first thing I don't want you to forget is your purpose. Why you're here. Second thing I don't want you to forget is God's promise to you. But the last thing I really and truly don't want you to forget is about God's provision. If he provided for you, in the past he's going to provide now. Don't give up on God because he didn't give up on you. Don't give up on God. He hasn't given up on you. But you have to walk by faith and not by sight. We're getting fooled by what we see. We're getting discouraged by what we see. We're getting discouraged by what we hear. Sometimes you just got to shut everybody out. I want to, you know, all right, thanks. I get it. Sometimes you just got to, okay, God. Yes, Lord, I hear you. Yes, Lord. And just walk in it. Because people will discourage you because they don't see it. And when they don't see it, they become, they become fearful. And they become, their fear begins to transfer to you. You know fear is contagious, right? So make sure that their fear doesn't become your fears. Because God is going to supply your needs according to his riches in glory. His riches. Not your riches. <laughs> we may not have much. As a matter of fact, we don't got that much anyway. But you know, he's got it all. The cattle on the thousand hills are his. Stop trying to figure out how the story ends, y'all. Stop. Oh, God, but I went through this and I went through this, so that means I can't. Uh, Stop disqualifying yourself. God makes provision. Whatever plans he has for you, he makes provision for it. And so when you stop and you look, going back to, when you go back to Haggai, chapter 2, in verse 6 and 7, it basically says, God said, before you know it, I will shake up heaven. In other words, I'm going to shake up the sky. I'm going to shake up the earth. I'm going to shake the ocean. I'm going to shake the field. I'm reading from the message version now, y'all. And I'll shake down all the godless nations. And you know what's going to happen when I shake them? They're going to bring bushels of wealth. People don't even know why they're sowing into your life. Here, 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 here. They don't know why. They just put money in your hand. Resources in your hand. You know, you didn't know about that, girl? Let me tell you about this. You're like, really? All right. Oh, so there's a grant? All right, let me start writing now. Oh, really? There's a, there's a job fair? All right, I'm coming. All right. People will begin to bless you. Why? Because God says, I own the silver. <laughs> I own the gold. All the stuff that you need to rebuild, whether it's in your life or in the ministry, guess what? God says, I own it. I own it. And he said, this temple is going to end up far better. Your life right now may not look the greatest, but God says it's going to exceed what you could ever ask or imagine. But you have to perceive that thing. You got to begin to believe it. And you got to begin to receive it. And you begin, begin to, and you do that by walking in it. Sometimes we're like, Lord, I receive it. And we sit there murmuring and complaining. God says, no, you don't. Get walking. Put some feet to your face. Come on. Start walking. Work this thing out. Work it out. Work it out. Got to start working it out. Because guess what? If you don't take your place, then it's one or two things that's going to happen. Either somebody else is going to take it, and so that means that you forfeited your destiny, or the work just is left undone, which means that somebody else's life is being affected. And it's put on hold. If Zerubbabel never got up, the people would not have got up. 
But because the Rubabel began to encourage them again, and Haggai began to encourage, Haggai came along, the Rubabel said, come on, come on, let's get to work. Come on, everybody. Come on, come on, it's going to be better. I'm telling y'all, it's going to be better. Tell somebody, it's going to be better. Telling somebody else, it's going to be better. It's going to be better. It's going to get better. It's going to be better. Better than you started out. A glorious beginning, but even more glorious finish. A place in which I will hand out wholeness and holiness. See, God just doesn't want a temple because it looks good. Now I'm going to come out my shoes for this. Pastor, why why we need a church building? It ain't because we just want to look good. Because trust me, we, we, we could get in the hotel room. We could be anywhere. It don't matter. But God wants a place where he can, his presence can dwell. That people would begin to come in and experience his splendor. Experience his presence. Those who are broken will be healed. Those who need forgiveness can experience what forgiveness and love is all about. When they get in God's presence. God wants to do something outstanding with this church. And God wants to do something outstanding in your life. But we have to change our mindsets and we have to make sure that we align ourselves with God and believe that he can do it. And that he will provide, make the provision for it. If God builds the house, then guess what? It's going to stay standing. And that temple stood standing, Pastor, for years. Years. And you know the amazing thing? The very person to show up in those very temple courts was Jesus Christ himself. Years later, who would have known? God himself manifested in human flesh. Would come to this temple that we struggled so hard to build. God himself visited. What an honor. What an honor. God just doesn't visit anywhere because he's a holy God. So whenever he shows up in your life, don't take it for granted. Whenever he does something, don't take it for granted. Be grateful. Show gratitude and homage to him because everybody doesn't get to experience it. And so during this season, and I'm closing, I challenge you, don't be afraid of yourself, of how great you are, of how bright your light may shine. As they would say, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Don't hide it on no bushel. Let it shine. A lot of us are trying to blend in with the world. But guess what? The world needs you. So if you blend in with them, they're in trouble. They're looking for answers. But if you're hiding the answers in your pockets, guess what? They're not going to know. So we have to begin to open our mouths and allow God's wisdom to flow through it. We have to begin to open our arms and allow God's love to flow through them. We have to offer up our talents and our gifts to him so that he can use them. Because guess what? A lot of our young people are looking a whole lot of crap on television, and they're really thinking that that's true fame. And they think that it's cool. But it's not. The enemy is selling them garbage and it just looks good but it's not it's stealing their innocence it's robbing them of their future and they don't even recognize it 
So we must stand up and share the truth with them and be a light in the midst of darkness. Remember your purpose. Remember God has already made provision for you. And not only that, but you must also remember that he has a promise and a plan for your life. So during this season, I don't know about you, but my prayer is, God, don't, don't do it without me. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, don't, don't do it without me. Don't, please, please, I don't want to be excused. Don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. And so even this, this afternoon, I just want, if, if this message has blessed you in any way, I just want you to stand with me. If you recognize that you have been holding yourself back from God's promises, I want you to stand because I want to pray with you. And the reason why God gave me this word is because I found some areas in my life where I was holding myself back. And the enemy was using it to hold me captive. See, I thought originally, oh, well, it's just the enemy. God says, no, you're holding yourself back. You are. Because you're always talking about how inadequate you are. But I've made you adequate because you have me. I'm with you. So let's pray. Lift your hands up before God. Hallelujah, Lord God. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this moment, Lord Jesus, that you have brought us to. Father, we recognize, oh God, that during this season of our lives, Lord, that some of us have, we've, <laughs> we have not been able, Lord, we sold ourselves short. That's really what we've done. And you've spoken about our greatness. You spoke about a great future. So, Lord, I pray today, Lord God, Father, that you would remind us, oh God, of the purpose for which you, Lord God, have brought us here. The purpose for which you have us alive today, Lord. You said in your word that you have created good works for us to do from the beginning. So show us those good works, oh God. We want to be the hands and the feet that you use. We want to be the lips that you use. God, we don't want anyone else to do it. We want to do it. And Father, in the areas where there's unbelief and inadequacy, Lord God, Father, we ask that you would help us. Father, we want to be a part of the plan. We want to be a part of the change that's happening around us. We don't just want to be onlookers, oh God, observers. We want to be thermostats, not thermometers who, who just go by whatever the temperature already is. But we want to create change. So, Lord, we thank you tonight. We thank you for your presence that's with us. Remind us, oh God, of our purpose during those times when we forget. Remind us, oh God, of the promise that you have covenanted with us about, Lord God, which is that you're with us. And remind us, oh God, of your provision that you're going to provide for whatever it is, oh God, that you're asking us to do. So help us to rest in that today. So, Lord, we thank you today, and we praise you, because you're God, and besides you, there is no other. So, we thank you, Lord God, for helping us, Lord God, for testing the very attitudes of our hearts, and helping us, Lord God, to remove all negativity, and perceive this new thing that you're doing in and through us. So, we give your name honor today, Lord. And we give your name praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to remain standing for a moment. If there's anyone here who says, you know what, I, would, I, I want God's promise, but I haven't given my life to the Lord.
Or maybe you have, but you found yourself in a backsliding state. I'm going to ask you just to step forward, and I'll pray with you. Because you know what? There are times we say, Lord, I want to grab hold of your promise. But we can't have a promise if we haven't covenanted with God. And so I'm just going to take a minute. And if you just say, you know what, I just, I'm just going to raise my hand. Not necessarily you want to come forward, but at least raise your hand. Maybe you're shy. If you raise your hand, I'll acknowledge it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God. Father, I 